Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I don't even know why Sauce brings it up after the game. Maybe he's just upset that they just got their asses kicked at home by the Patriots. Um, it just it makes no sense. Cry me some Jets tears. Cry me some green tears. If you want to cry about something, how about you cry about your stinking offense and why Zach Wilson can't move the freaking football down the field? You know, cry about that. How about you cry about how Nathaniel Hackett, how he hasn't been able to hack it in, hack it in New York with Zach Wilson under center as well? You know, no, no one needs to hear about this. It's football. Max said it himself. They're out there. They're playing football. Nothing's intentional. You know, it's a game, and the Jets happen to come out on the losing end of it for the 15th consecutive time. Hey there, everyone. Welcome into the show. It's the Patriots Wire podcast. Ryan O'Leary here playing host, joined as always by my good friend, Jordy McElroy. Jordy is, of course, the managing editor of USA Today's Patriots Wire. Jordy, how you doing this week, my friend? Look, Ryan. I'm a I'm a really easy man to please. I mean, all I need is a glass of screwball, some good <laughs> buffalo wings, and seeing the Jets get their asses kicked by the Patriots on a Sunday afternoon. It was great, man. Nothing like a win over the Jets. That just like brings your spirits up, right? I do. I feel uh, it's it's been a good week. <laughs> it's been a good week, and and I do think like certainly not all is well with the Pats. Let's let's put it bluntly. Like that's what it is, and we'll get into all this, but like. Do you agree with this, Jordy, that the grace period for the Jets and their fans, especially since the Aaron Rodgers thing, like when Aaron Rodgers blew out his Achilles on like, what was it, his fourth drop back or whatever of the season, like that was brutal and you feel for them. It was in their home building, just like Brady in t- 2008. The Jets were getting talked like a Super Bowl team. It was hyped. It was all that hard knock. So you kind of felt you know, as much as I will ever feel for the Jets and their fans, I kind of felt for them like, man, that kind of sucks. It kind of sucks for all of us. Like the Rodgers thing, the villain, the Jets, like that was going to be fun. But the grace period's over. We're now we're now allowed to point and make fun of the Jets for their just ridiculous situation that they're in with Zach Wilson and all this and him not being able to play. And it's just it's just isn't it hilarious? We're now allowed to officially laugh at them. It's just desserts. I mean, they're the ones that went out there and got Zach Wilson with the number two overall pick of the 2021 draft. I mean, it's it's their choice. They did what they did. And yeah, man, you hate to see Aaron Rodgers, a legend of the sport, go down with an injury like that. Hope he gets better. Hope he comes back strong. But to see it happen to such a charity franchise like the New York Jets, I mean, you love to see it, Ryan. You love to see it. Yeah, the, the <laughs> meme of the Jets fan with his teeth falling out, yelling at Zach Wilson will um, will live forever in my head. That that thing is on repeat <laughs> forever. <laughs> but it's just like it's just so funny because you know I see I've been watching you know I've been you know watching social media and I just I'll take all the Jets. Whoever's ragging on the Jets and laughing at them, I want that con- that content. So I was, I'm looking for that. As I seek that out uh, after Jets week for the Patriots. And it's just like, why why are the Jets sticking with Zach Wilson? It doesn't make any sense. Why why aren't they trading for Kirk Cousins? Why aren't they why aren't they getting Carson Wentz to come out of you know why aren't they convincing Matt Ryan to come out of retirement? Right? Like, what's Philip Rivers doing? Is he out like out on a farm somewhere? Like, what's where's Philip Rivers? You know what I mean? Like, this is what everyone's asking, and it's pretty obvious, right, Jordy? They took yeah. Zach Wilson with the number two overall pick in 2021. <laughs> number two overall. Like, 
We rag on Belichick for his, his drafts, right, especially on the offensive side, wide receiver. Sure, valid. It's, it's warranted. Can you imagine the Jets? Can you imagine the Patriots making a blunder at number two overall like that? This kid can't play. This kid can't play. So that's why, Jordy, right, you, th- you talk about what are the Jets going to do at quarterback to become viable and maybe become viable in this rivalry with the Patriots again because it's not a rivalry. That was 15 straight wins for the Pats against the Jets. So it's not a rivalry. It's one-sided. It's great. I love it. Oh, God. Two weeks a year, I could be happy in the fall. Go ahead. You know what, Ryan? Instead of calling it Murphy's Law, we're going to have to start calling it Jets Law. And anything, <laughs> anything that can go wrong will go wrong with the New York Jets. Yeah, they can't replace Wilson. They drafted him number two overall. They're praying that they can get anything for him, right? Like, what can you show us anything on film that can allow us to trade you? But no, it just keeps getting worse, especially against Belichick. Because Belichick just puts up the middle finger and embarrasses him and the Jets, and he did it again, right? Because we we know Wilson can't play, and we know no matter how Belichick will, Belichick will talk him up and say, "Oh, look at the arm talent." Oh yeah, no, Belichick doesn't respect him at all. It's just look at the way the Patriots played, right? They never led this game by more than ten points, Jordy, at all, but they played it like they were up thirty in the fourth quarter, right? Their final two possessions on offense, after the safety made it fifteen to ten. Thank you, Matthew Judon. The weather was kind of crappy, right, Jordy? Uh, Belichick just said, no, let's just do the highest percentage play where we where we won't turn it over, right? Like, we'll run the ball, we'll punt, we'll get them back inside their own 20, and we'll watch Zach Wilson and the Jets try to go down the field and score. Now, they did score one touchdown to get it within one score, but they obviously struggled to do anything after that. And it's just like, isn't that, that's kind of a middle finger by Belichick to the Jets, right? You know he loathes that organization. And it's just him, I think he got got a kick out of winning this game 15 to 10, right? Whereas it should worry you as a Patriots fan because the Patriots aren't scoring points. Like, honestly, they only scored six points on offense in this game, right? Uh, it was Matthew Judon's safety uh, safety that he created and then the kicker, Ryland, kicking long field goals. Like, that was the points. That made up the points. They had one big play to Farrell Brown, but they never got into the red zone. So there's big-time problems on the offense, which we're going to get into. But Belichick doesn't care because he wants to embarrass the Jets and just say, you know what Buffalo should have done in week one? I'm going to do it to you and laugh at you in your face on your home field and watch your crowd boo you, right? I, I totally think that's what it was. Yeah, I mean, I, Zach Wilson, he got the middle finger last week. And then, like you mentioned earlier, the fans are uh, one fan was screaming at him in particular and his freaking teeth fell out. I mean, how does he get to that point? But you're, you're Bill Belichick coming into this game and – I'm not going to lie, Ryan. I was I was a little worried there in the end. I was I was sweating some bullets for sure. Seeing Zach Wilson, you know, he had that he had that one successful drive going there for the end zone, and then he comes back and they get there midfield, and he throws up a hail mary on a play that could have been had on by by Randall Cobb if he were in the right position there. But you know, it's a little, little too close for comfort. But I agree with you. With the Patriots kind of being a little predictable on offense, they were definitely playing to playing to their defense, which is obviously the strength of the football team. And, you know, just being smart, not trying to turn the ball over, not trying to do anything stupid to create momentum on the other side there for the New York Jets. But I mean, it was it was an incredible effort by that defense, man. It looked like it looked like full WWE in the in the offensive backfield. Uh, Zach Wilson getting body slammed and choke slammed and thrown around there by Matt Judon and Josh Uche and those guys, and seeing Keon White throw people out of the club to put some pressure on Wilson. Wilson was running for his life in that game. By the way, it was it's it's, it's pretty incredible to see how one team 
what team can instill that sort of fear into a guy? It's like he always sees ghosts when he plays against the Patriots. I think I'd mentioned I'd mentioned in an article. It's like it's like Nightmare on Elm Street instead of MetLife Stadium. That's what they should call the stadium from now on when the Patriots come to town. But yeah. incredible performance by that defense. Still some concerns there on the offensive side of things, but hey man, a win is a win, and I'm glad to get it. No, 100%. A win is a win. But yeah, Zach Wilson, I mean, he was he was scared, right? I mean, there was a couple times he sacked himself. Um, he's throwing so short of the <laughs> sticks on keep, like fourth down and 10. He's throwing two yards beyond the sticks with Patriots defenders just crashing on the ball. Like, there's no way you're sitting back there saying, this could work. I'm going to throw this to Tyler Conklin. Like, he's going to get there. Like, there's no freaking chance. You know what I mean? Like, there's not. But he's just like... He praying he's like get me out of here get me to the locker room i don't i don't want to get hit anymore by these guys i can't i can't do it he's just he just he doesn't have it man it's it's hilarious but to that point jordy what have we learned through three weeks what have we learned we know the patriots can beat the jets they always beat the jets um i i said it last week i said i picked the patriots to win i expected them to win if they don't i i need therapy right so thank god we don't i'm giddy right now as we talk about this game so that's good <laughs> But the Patriots always beat the Jets. We know the defense is excellent. We know the defense is the strength of the team. We know Belichick can embarrass Zach Wilson and the Jets and their stupid coaches over there, who, again, they draft this kid number two overall, Robert Sala, in the Jets, and they just don't know how to develop him, help him, right, Jordy? They have no idea. It's like, it's hilarious. But <laughs> what about with the team? Like, again, the offense still isn't scoring points. And if the Jets would have found a way to pull that thing out, and Patriots fans know to watch till the end these days. Right, we had a couple nightmares. Uh, at least that one against Miami a couple of years ago. We remember that. Um, we got to watch to the end. If that hail mary somehow got caught or something, we would be killing Belichick for playing the game the way he did and not going and putting the game away on offense and stepping on the throat. Right? Again, he just said, "Nope, it is thirty to ten in our head, and we're just going to keep punting it back to you and letting you try because we know you can't do it." It could backfire though—a turnover or a crazy play. It's football, right? That could have backfired. So there's still a lot of concerns. What what have you learned about the Patriots through three weeks, Jordy? Is anything, anything that tangible, anything that can give you hope, like, or are you still kind of down on them? I mean, Ryan, to your point, I mean, that, that game could have completely turned on its head. You, you look back to these first three games, I mean, they could have been really terrible for Belichick. You think back to, the, to week one against the Philadelphia Eagles where Belichick has the questionable fourth down calls, and everybody was getting on him about that. Then you move on to week two against the Miami Dolphins, and obvi- obviously he goes out there and he he benches Demario Douglas, and the Patriots, they can't get anything done on offense in that game either. People were upset about that. And then you get into this game, Patriots playing incredibly safe on offense. If Zach Wilson goes down there and they they, they get that touchdown, obviously it's it's not a good situation in New England right now with Bill Belichick is, is being, being discussed. But – Speaking of how they are right now, obviously this team, man, there, there's some concerns there on the offensive side of the ball. We talk about it every single week. It feels like you know they can't create they can't create a lot of explosive all, um, outside plays. They don't have the guy that can do that. They don't have the personnel for for that. You know, obviously you got Devontae Parker out there who who made a few plays in this game, but you know he he didn't. He didn't make any plays that necessarily changed the entire game. Like, they don't have a game breaker. They don't have that guy. Kendrick Bourne, he shows up from time to time to make a few big plays here or there. But he's not a consistent threat on the field for those big game-breaking plays. And obviously, sadly, Juju Smith-Schuster, man, I'm sorry, Ryan. That move right there has been an absolute bust. It hasn't worked. 
Obviously, he doesn't look right out there. I don't know what's happening with him right now, but you know that, that that's a whole other topic altogether. Uh, it's just, it's just, I have concern on the offensive side of the ball. If the Patriots can put up enough points, but I will say this: they look way better than they did last year. They were finally able to run the football against the Jets last week, which is something to to be excited about moving forward. If they can run the ball, and this is crazy to say. Was it just me or did Ezekiel Elliott look more effective running the football than Ramondre Stevenson? Time to feed him, baby. Let's go. Might be time to feed Zeke there. But if they can run the football with those two guys, and they should be able to. Those are two talented uh, running backs coming out of the offensive backfield. That can open some things up downfield. Obviously, you can maybe get some pass, get some play-action passing going, and maybe you can start getting some of those bigger chunk plays downfield but obviously on the defensive side of the ball that's a completely different story that defensive unit for the Patriots very very good as we expected I'm a little bit more impressed with the defensive backfield with Christian Gonzalez and how good he's been right out of the gates Christian Christian Gonzalez Tony Romo said it and I believe it as well Christian Gonzalez looks like one of the best cornerbacks in all of football right now and he's just played three games the kid is going to be special if you look at some of the numbers that he's that, that he's held some of the top receivers in the league to, it's astounding. He's going to be really good. Jonathan Jones, and he hasn't been back there. Obviously, he'll be back here soon, and you're hoping you'll get Jack Jones um, here soon as well, coming off of IR at some point. But the defense is looking really good, man. They're looking really good. The offense, there's still some question marks. It's just – it almost seems like we're beating a dead horse. I say it every single week. It's the – same problem, same offense, same problems. It's the same thing. Yeah, what are, we, what are we learning that's new, right? I mean, until deep in the fourth quarter, the Patriots defense held the Jets to 61 net yards. <laughs> and they had four first downs, Jordy. It was like unbelievable. It was just it was such a middle finger. And yeah, this dominant, dominant. Matthew Judon, there was a lot of talented guys on that field. Um, I think Judon was the best player on the field um, in that game. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it's great to see. And I agree with you 100%. Christian Gonzalez, like... How we fell to the Patriots at 17, I, I, we might not know. He was a, a big-time prospect coming in, projected as like a top-10 guy kind of pick, and you pair him with Bill Belichick, and it's like, here we go. We're off and running, and it's great to see. Uh, I'm not worried about the defense at all. I am worried about the offense, and I'm glad you brought up Juju Smith-Schuster. Clearly, it's not working with him. They were trying to dial some stuff up to him. It just didn't look – they weren't even close to being on the same page. Mac Jones and Smith-Schuster, there was a couple throws in key situations, third downs, right, Jordy? Not even close. Like, I don't know what they're doing there. I thought I didn't crush this move when they decided to go Juju over um, Jacoby Myers. We talked about that one at length, We we and we keep doing it, and I'm sure we will, right? Uh, but when they brought in Juju Smith-Schuster, I didn't kill it because Juju Smith-Schuster is like a kind of a tough guy. He can go over the middle, make tough catches. Like, I pictured him being the guy they'd go to in those money spots, those those third down, the guy that moves the sticks, but it's not working. It's not working with Juju Smith-Schuster. And now the Patriots don't have that. Thir- they don't know where to go on third down, right? I think that's one of the big reasons that they punted. What was it? Six times in a row after their field goal mm-hmm. in the second half. They just kept punting and punting and punting. They don't have a money thing on third down. It used to be Julian Edelman, right? It used to be Rob Gronkowski, whatever. Now I know that's tough to replicate with this new kind of personnel, the new wave of Patriots, this new era of Patriots. But they got to find something that's a bread and butter that, that they can go to on third down. It can't just be like run the ball and try to pick it up, right? Like, so yeah, the Juju Smith Schuster thing, man, that is, um, there's a domino effect there with him coming in. Jacoby Myers going out. You know, Jacoby Myers is one of Mac Jones's favorite targets. 
And the fact that Max trying to figure it out, is it Mike Gusecki? Is it Kendrick Bourne? Like, who's his guy on third down? We don't know, but it's it's not Juju, right? Because when he's going there, it's a disaster. That's that's a problem. Yeah, and he he tried to go there towards the end of the game to try to close the game out on, on a couple of third downs, and, you know, Juju couldn't make anything happen. And I don't know if it's... I don't know if it's injury related. I would like to think it's injury related because Juju Smith-Schuster was a really good player. I mean, he's he's had some great years in the NFL. Uh, when it, when the trade first happened, I was kind of I was in your boat. I I understood it because I felt like Juju could do more with the ball in his hands. I'm not saying the talent was completely was like I, he didn't dwarf Jacoby Myers significantly, basically. You know, he was just maybe maybe a little bit better on paper, I would have thought, heading into this season. But obviously, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the, the previous Juju, the guy that we saw with the Kansas City Chiefs, the guy that kind of showed up for the Pittsburgh Steelers at time, the guy the guy that can get more yards after the catch. That's kind of that's kind of the area that I thought he might do better in this offense than, than Jacoby Myers even. You know, in terms of being a possession receiver, Jacoby Myers is better than that. But – for the way that the office is constructed, if you're looking for a guy that can go out for some screen passes, you know, turn something short into some extra yards, which is sort of kind of what New England needs since they didn't have since they don't have that explosive guy outside. I thought Juju would have been a perfect fit for that, but it just it hasn't worked, Ryan. It's been an absolute mess, and you know, and they've got to fix it. They have to figure out something. And one thing that I would say to keep an eye on, and I'm not sure if they if they will do it this week. I think it might be a bit too soon, although I wouldn't mind seeing it. I'd like to see Kayshawn Booty in there a little bit more. I mean, if, if if Juju isn't getting the job done, you know, there was a report out not long ago that we had reported on Patriots Wire that Juju was probably viewed as as maybe maybe the number five receiver in, in, on right. the entire roster. Yep, yeah. Yep. And I mean, that's, that's, that's awful. That's not good at all. So, you know, if, if that's the case, and obviously the numbers are are, are kind of showing us the case because he's not showing up on Sundays. I would love to see Kayshawn Booty get in there, dress him, get him in the game, and let, let's let's see what the rookie can do. Yeah, Demario Douglas is another one. He didn't play. I think he played less than twenty snaps in this game, Jordy. So he's com- yeah. uh, apparently still in the Belichick doghouse. He's another guy that should be able to help you. Like they got to find a bread and butter. I, I don't know what it is. It's not Juju Smith Schuster right now. I, I just I don't understand, Jordy, what happened because. He looked pretty good in that Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl, he was one of the key players for Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes in when they beat the Eagles. He was making plays all over the place, especially late. Like, what happened between the Super Bowl and now? Why is his why, why is he physically not able to do it out there? Because it looks like he's laboring, obviously. I think he's giving an honest effort. I think he's trying. He just doesn't quite have it. I think Mike Giardi broke it down pretty well on Boston Sports Journal for folks that are into that, uh, about how he's kind of gingerly coming out of his cuts and stuff, not exploding back like... Billy O'Brien and the Patriots want them to do. So what happened between the Super Bowl and now with him, you know, and and why can't we fire up Demario Douglas? Are we still mad at him for fumbling? Kayshawn Booty, like, are we mad at him for not getting his feet in bounds? We got to, we got to find something. We got to go back to the drawing board here on third downs and stuff and find a bread and butter for this offense, right? Uh, find a way to score some points. What, what happened is he came to the Patriots. We just, we can't, <laughs> yeah. we just, we just we can't have good receivers. I don't yeah. know what it is. We just we're not allowed to have good things, I guess. Where receivers go to die. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> could smell that from a mile away. He's like, nope, nope, <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, so yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, when the Patriots play the Raiders later on in Vegas, we'll just try to take Jacoby Myers home with us. Yeah, uh, yeah. But anyway, I, like I don't think he's solving all our problems either, unfortunately. Um, not to bury the lead here, 
because this is probably the juiciest topic for the for coming out of this game is uh, Mac Jones. I thought Mac was fine in the game. He did what he was asked to do, right? Uh, didn't turn the ball over. Good job. But he's starting to get this reputation around the league. Uh, some guys are saying wild stuff about Mac Jones. Chris Long, former player, called him one of the top five dirtiest quarterbacks of all time. What, Mac Jones? One of the top five dirtiest quarterbacks of all time? What? What kind of line is that? Uh, and obviously, uh, this is all stemming from he gave uh, <laughs> he gave Sauce Gardner of the Jets a little a little something under the belt, Jordy. Now, what would you call that? What would you call that back in the day? I think for me, it was uh, we called it a ball tap. Something like that. I think that was a ball. So, so, yeah, yeah. So for us, it was called Jimmy tapping. Okay. Jimmy, and it was Jimmy, not Jimmy a fun tapping. time at all. <laughs> no, no. That is something where if you got, if you got Jimmy tapped, you were not happy afterwards and uh, you were embarrassed. And especially you didn't want to look, you don't want to look like, you know, less of a man around your friends, but boy, I wanted to crawl into a corner when that would happen to me. It's not fun feeling when you get Jimmy tapped, but you know, I got Jimmy tapped quite often and I gave a lot of Jimmy. Taps. <laughs> yeah. It was a thing when we were, when we were kids, unfortunately, it sure was. And apparently it's a thing for Mac Jones. He gave sauce a little, a little something, a little Jimmy tap in this game. Uh, sauce Gardner, he's probably wearing a cup, so I'm sure it was fine. Um, but, but sauce Gardner did say, quote, he tried, he trying to prevent me from having children in the future. I thought that was a pretty good line from sauce Gardner. <laughs> But uh, so Matt giving him a little something, people talk about him being a dirty player, him, you know, this all happened on a play where, where Mac was running with the football, right. And the whistle blew and he kept going, right. Gave, just gave it a little extra, uh, you know what I mean? Mac does have that in him where there's some other stuff where he, you know, he, he'll lift his cleats up here and there. He'll, he'll maybe trip a guy. He'll, he, he gave uh, Brian Burns a little something. Brian Burns, the giant defensive end for the, uh, for the Panthers, he gave Brian Burns his ankle a little twist. I remember making fun of Burns for crying about that. It's like, oh, did Mike, did Mac Jones try to hurt your ankle? You giant human being who could throw him in a freaking dumpster if you wanted to. Like, are you kidding me, Brian Burns? You know what I mean? Like, I remember yelling at Burns, but it's clear that Mac has a reputation now uh, and dirtiest player of all time. Top five. What kind of line is that, Jordy? What's your take on this? I mean, that's a that's a little ridiculous. But you know what? I will say this. Mac has kind of skirted the rules a little bit and taken some liberties in some plays. Obviously, uh, obviously, you you brought up the Brian Burns play. That was that was not a good look. And then if you go back to the to the Chicago Bears plays, there's a there's a few instances where Mac Jones takes a couple of Luke King slides there with his foot aimed yeah, at the, the at the family jewel areas. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man, but uh, on this on this this whole situation in particular, I watched the video a lot of times. There's a there's a close up video for anyone that wants to see it. The Athletics Diana Rossini, she she had a really good video there, and um, it it does look like Mac it does look like Mac's hand kind of gestures towards that area, but at the same time, I'm not sure if it if it hits him directly or if it's above him or or what. It's just it's so hard to tell. So I can see why the league wouldn't suspend him or do anything of that regard. But honestly, I feel like I mean, for him to make for Chris Long to make that comment, I feel like that's a bit out of pocket. I mean, come on, man. Like the top five dirtiest of all time. Like, seriously. I, I don't know about all that. It's that's and, just and, Patriots hate right there, is all that is. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of that's kind of what it feels like. And I don't even know why Sauce brings it up after the game. Maybe he's just upset that they just got their asses kicked at home by the Patriots. Um, it just it makes no sense. Cry me some Jets tears. Cry me some green tears. 
If you want to cry about something, how about you cry about your stinking offense and why Zach Wilson can't move the freaking football down the field? You know, cry about that. How about you cry about how Nathaniel Hackett, how he hasn't been able to hack it in, hack it in New York with Zach Wilson under center as well? You know, no, no one needs to hear about this. It's football. Max said it himself. They're out there. They're playing football. Nothing's intentional. You know, it's a game, and the Jets happen to come out on the losing end of it for the 15th consecutive time. You're right. It's just green tears. No, yeah. Nathaniel Hackett and Zach Wilson, top five worst offensive coordinator quarterback combos of all time. That's more like it, Chris Long. And uh, maybe Mac is more of like top five best trash talker or most trash talking quarterback because he does talk that trash. I'm sure there yes. was something going on there with him and Sauce, and they were they were giving each other the business. I'm sure there's a lot of vocals out there. Uh, Mac Jones is probably not someone that you know these networks will mic up because I think he's out there. He's <laughs> he's a guy, and you know what? I kind of love it. I kind of love it a little bit. I know I people. I'm, I know he's getting crushed on Boston sports radio. They're calling him a punk and a and a you know a spoiled brat or whatever you want to call him. I kind of like it. That that was me, man, back in the day. Playing a little indoor soccer, I play. I play a little goalie, Jordy. Not the most athletic guy in the world, but I played some indoor soccer goalie. I was pretty good at that. The smaller net, I could get out there, do my thing, and boy, I would. I would talk trash. I would mess with people. I'd throw the soccer ball at them. Sometimes they'd be running away. I'd throw the ball at them, like you know, come out of the net, be goofy with the ball, you know, try to act like I was going to go try to score on the other side. I would do all that crap to get on. And you know what? It would get under the skin of the opposing team. They get pissed. And it was, I thought it was hilarious. And that was my whole game. I didn't have a lot of skill. So I had to go out there and do something else. I'm not saying Max sucks or anything, but that's clearly part of his game. He likes to try to give it to the defense a little bit, get under their skin. It probably fires him up. Maybe it helps him here and there. I don't know. I kind of love it. I liked when, when Mac was asked about this, he said, that's just football. (laughs) (laughs) Giving sauce a little love tap there. That's just football, man. That's just football. So that's, that's perfect. We're going to have to call him Jimmy Mac or something. Come up with a new nickname for him. And he seems like the nicest guy in the world, too. So he's like he's the most unassuming guy to do any of this. So that does kind of make it a little bit more hilarious when he stands up there in front of the media and he's and he's kind of praising sauce. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, sauce is one of the best corners in the league. It's just football, man. It's just football. Just football. Just checking out. It's just, I'm just I'm trying to prevent him from having children in the future. That's all. Yeah, no, there'll be a book wrote, written on Mac Jones that will be a completely different version of what we think we see on, on the TV screen. But uh, I, I'm here for that. It's it's good. Hey, we, we, we got to win. Needed it. It's always fun to beat the Jets. Got a much bigger test here coming up on deck here. Pats, Cowboys. Looking forward to breaking this one down with Jordy here coming up next. But first, here's some week four fantasy advice from thehuddle.com. Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com here to bring you fantasy football strong plays for week number four. Quarterback Daniel Jones, New York Giants versus Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks have given up the second most passing yards so far, allowing 339 per game, including 361 to Andy Dalton last week. We hate to be reactionary, but three straight games with at least 323 yards allowed is a trend that cannot be ignored. Jones may be without Saquon Barkley again, and Seattle may be without its two best defensive backs, so keep tabs on those situations. Either way, Jones is a reasonable gamble versus a team that has allowed 20.8% more fantasy points than the league average, and of the 131 attempts faced, a lone interception goes to Seattle's credit. 
running back Alexander Madison, Minnesota Vikings at Carolina Panthers. Madison's 27 utilizations generated 125 yards of offense in week three, and he did his part in fending off the fast tracking of Cam Akers, who was acquired last week from the Los Angeles Rams. Carolina has given up major points to running backs, mostly stemming from six rushing touchdowns over the course of 75 rushing attempts, and the 344 yards allowed sits as the fifth highest output. Only one team has surrendered more total yards per game to the position so far. Wide receiver Jerry Judy, Denver Broncos at Chicago Bears. After missing week one and shaking off the rust with a lackluster season debut, Judy started to look more like himself against Miami. He scored just over 13 points in PPR, and he should continue to see his role expand against a Chicago unit that has given up the 12th most yards per game to the position, and also the 12th highest rate of scoring. He's no worse than a flex play and could produce strong wide receiver two results as Denver looks to overcome what was a miserable showing last Sunday. Tight end Dawson Knox, Buffalo Bills versus the Miami Dolphins. Knox scored two weeks ago, but he bookended that performance with just 5.5 and 2.1 PPR points respectively. He has scored in two of the last three meetings versus Miami. So far, the Dolphins have done a rather poor job of limiting the position to fantasy. The matchup rates seventh for receptions and also PPR points allowed, and Miami's given up tight end scores at the sixth highest rate. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, we're back. And as we mentioned, uh, Jordy, Pat's get a real test this week at Dallas. Late, late afternoon window on Sunday. And I think obviously the Cowboys are going to have New England's full attention, right? They just got this kind of trounced by Josh Dobbs and the Cardinals. <laughs> so they've been hearing about how soft and overrated they are all week. They, you know, they went from, you know, the top of all the power rankings on the get up show or the NFL network, all that stuff, all the, all the Monday, Tuesday morning shows, whatever. Now they're like down at six or seven in the power rankings after this one, right? So you, you got to think the Cowboys are going to have the Patriots full attention here. Uh, it's going to be a tough one to go into Dallas and win. Uh, what's just kind of your leadoff thought on this matchup? Cowboys-Pats this weekend. How about them Cowboys? Going into the season, here a couple games in, I was thinking that this was a juggernaut on the rise. And then, like you said, they go in go into Arizona and, and get trounced there by Josh Dobbs and the Cardinals. I, I mean, it's just – it's the NFL, man. You never know what can happen. And it just kind of exposed the Cowboys a little bit. I don't think they're I don't think they they are this big juggernaut that we initially thought that they were. I think they're a good football team, but they have problems. And it's mostly on the offensive side of the football. There, you know, the Cardinals are a team that was allowing nearly 400 total yards per game, and they ranked amongst the worst in the league. And, you know, they came out there and they 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 did a they did a, a pretty good number on Dak Prescott and company who has the fourth worst, the Dallas Cowboys offense have the fourth worst red zone touchdown scoring percentage in a league there with 40%. You know, it's down from them being number one last year with 71.43%. So obviously some big problems there in Dallas right now. They got some issues on their offensive line. You know, they, they got some injuries there. So you start to get into this game and you wonder if the Patriots, if they can cause havoc up front with Matthew Judon, Josh Uche, and Keon White and some of those boys, if they can kind of get in that offensive that offensive backfield and start slamming Dak Prescott around a little bit. And, and obviously the defensive backfield for the Patriots, we're hoping Jonathan Jones is back this week. You know, not for sure. He's kind of dealing with an ankle injury. He's missed a couple games. But if he gets back in the mix there with Christian Gonzalez, who's been locking things down, I'm telling you right now, this Dallas Cowboys offense, they're in for a world of hurt against a, against a Patriots defense that's legitimately one of the best in the league. But the, the question, the biggest question of them all, Ryan, is we ask ourselves every week, can the Patriots offense score enough points to win this football game? 
And that's it. If Mac Jones and company, if they can get on the board, if they can find a way to make plays, which which I think that they should, hit, feed Zeke. You said it earlier in the podcast. Feed Zeke. Run him at Micah Parsons. That's a good way to slow down that 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 strong defensive front there in Dallas. Run run directly at him. Get that ground game going. Maybe get some play action going. Make some plays downfield. Put touchdowns on the board. Put some pressure on Dak Prescott and company. And the Patriots might be in business here, man. There's no Trayvon Diggs in the defensive backfield for Dallas anymore. He's not back there. Obviously, Stephon Gilmore's back there. He's getting a little older. So I think this is a game where the Patriots could possibly make some plays. And this will be an interesting one. I actually, and I, I know you're going to say you, you like him every week, but, man, <laughs> this is one of those games. I don't know. I, I really, like, I'm kind of on the fence with this one. I want to say Dallas because Dallas is the more talented football team. But, of course, they're going to have a performance like that before I'm up here to make a prediction. So, I mean, I I would probably lean Dallas this week. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I'm I'm going Dallas this week, but but I'm not I'm not convincingly going Dallas. I want to I want to pick the Patriots, Ryan. You know I do. I do this every week. Yeah, you always want to. Well, maybe we could say this, Jordy. You want to take the points, right? The Patriots are getting six and a half. At I Dallas. will take the points. Yeah, yes, you take those points because uh, I had a buddy of mine text me during uh the Jets game where he you know he was just frustrated with the Patriots and, and the way they were playing o- offense and I was I was laughing and saying yeah he was frustrated with the Patriots and he was you know watching the Cowboys getting stomped by the Cardinals and he was saying you know hey the Cowboys they were sleepwalking through this one but they're gonna be ready to go and the Patriots are gonna get trounced right and that's basically what he said and I, I wrote back I'm like eh, you sure about that you sure about that like I don't, I don't think they're gonna get trounced I don't think they're gonna get trounced I think this is going to be a good ball game. I don't know if the Patriots are going to win. Tough spot. But I think this is going to be kind of like that Miami game, Jordy, where, yeah, the Cowboys are probably better. They're, they got a better roster. That's not even close. <laughs> okay. They got a better roster. <laughs> CD Lamb, like some of these guys, like they have, they, they got real players. They're tough. Um, yeah, they got a better roster. They're the better team. Are the Cowboys going to win this game 30 to 10? I don't think so. I'd be stunned if that happened. I think it's going to be kind of like that Miami game, close, kind of come down to some plays at the end. I think the Patriots will be in it. I think the uh, the spread, six and a half. Uh, I'd like it more if it was seven, <laughs> but I, I still kind of like the points. I'm with you on that. I think it's going to be a close game. I want to look at the under. I think this could be a really ugly defensive game, especially with the way the Pats are playing on offense. The, the Cowboys defense is great. Micah Parsons is probably the best player in football right now. Um, he's just unbelievable. Uh, but, you know, I think a big reason why Dallas uh, lost to Arizona, Jordy, is you just hit on it. Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs, big player, big personality for them, kind of a leader for them on defense. And he got he blew out his ACL in practice, right? Right before yeah. that game. So that's that's a tough one to lose. You go into the game, you lose one of your best players. Uh, and, you know, that was kind of the, the foundation of that defense. Stephon Gilmore, Trayvon Diggs, good luck with their pass rush. Whew, tough to beat. But now they take a hit there, right? So, yeah. I, I kind of like the Patriots and the points. I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think the Cowboys are going to blow them out. That's kind of my take on the game. But also a, a, a kind of a fun storyline is Zeke going back to Dallas, you know, coming off this game yes. where he averaged five yards a carry. They gave him 16 carries in this game against the Jets. Uh, I like I like that Zeke is kind of a one cut and go guy. You know, he doesn't he doesn't dance. You know, he gets the ball. He goes forward. He, he'll make one cut and go and then he'll embrace the contact he'll initiate it he's a tough runner i like zeke i always did i, I kind of like the signing as it was um i wish we had a james white type to go with him but fine uh 
Ramadre is good. I think it's a good one-two punch, but it'll be interesting to see how the Patriots use Ezekiel Elliott against Dallas. He's gone against this defense plenty of times in his career, right? Yes. So what do you think about that little storyline? I'm sure Dallas will do something for him um, during the game on the video board or something. It'll, it'll be an emotional one for him. He'll have something to prove. The Cowboys said, no, nah, we don't want you. We want Tony Pollard now. So, uh, <laughs> or at least Jerry Jones did. So that's an interesting little storyline. Zeke going back home and playing Dallas and all of a sudden his touches are kind of upticking up with the Patriots now. He, you know, he got here late in camp. So maybe it's time to unleash Zeke and feed him like we were saying earlier. Yeah, it might be about that time. And, um, and you know, Dallas, Todd Archer, he had he had actually he, – he reported that, that Dallas was talking about changing their hand signals because Zeke is on the Patriots roster. And obviously the Patriots signing quarterback Will Greer – over there, which is which is sort of hilarious. Yeah, the Patriots are going to beat the beat the Dallas Cowboys because they made the Will Greer <laughs> signing. Like, yeah. come on. What about man. Zeke? Like, yeah, he, he like, might have some intel too. Right, exactly. Like, like, like what are what are we talking about here? But I, I will say this: I do think, and I said it a second ago, I do think Zeke Elliott can can be a big can be a big contributor in this football game. And we kind of saw it with the with the Cardinals; they weren't afraid to run the ball at Micah Parsons. There with James Conner, who had a pretty impressive game. So I can see the Patriots running the football well in this game and kind of surprising that that Dallas Cowboys defense and 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 being able to make some plays on the field and Zeke could be a big part of that. You know, I I'm with you. We 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 do need to see more in terms of like the running backs being able to catch passes out of the backfield. Obviously, Ramondre had had some big drops there um, against the New York Jets, and that's not something you like to see. Zeke can obviously he can make plays as a receiver, but they might not be comfortable. With him, with him, you know, as a passing back yet in the offense. Since, like you said, he came came a little late to the roster there, so he's still kind of working his way into the mix. We're seeing his seeing his usage rate his usage rate go up. Um, but you know what? I'd like to see a little bit more of Ron. I'd like to see a little bit more of Ty Montgomery. You know, he's a guy that's kind of that, that can make some plays as a receiver. He can kind of stand in as that James White role. And I don't think he's being utilized on offense. So it'd be fun to see Ty Montgomery get some work in there as well. Uh, it's just a two two headed back. It could be a three headed backfield there for the Patriots. But it'll be interesting. It's, it'll be a fun game. I'm with you. I think it'll be a mostly defensive battle here. But if the Patriots, if they can put some points on the board, put some pressure on Dallas, I mean, anything can happen, man. This Patriots, this Patriots seems a very dangerous team with the way we all know they play defense. And I feel like they haven't even they haven't even reached their ceiling as an offense yet. I feel like they can do so much more. And if they figure it out, this is one of those weird teams that I feel like can beat anybody. Mm-hmm. Like they they might not make the playoffs, but they could make the playoffs. This is it's just I feel like. No matter who the opponent is on the other side, I feel like this is a team that could beat anybody in the right situation. And let's hope that Sunday's the right situation and the Patriots go into Dallas. If they get a win here, it completely changes the entire narrative surrounding this season so far. Oh, it definitely does. This is a real this is a real one. This is a real game. This is tough. Dak Prescott, C D Lamb, Tony Pollard, Micah Parsons, you know, Demarcus Lawrence, you know, all the all the guys they have. They're loaded. Dallas is loaded. They're, they're absolutely loaded. They're a Super Bowl favorite for a reason. And if you go beat them in their house, um, that would be huge. I don't know if I'm going there. I'm with you, Jordy. I think I'm taking the points. I think if that line creeps to seven, if I get the Patriots at plus seven, I'm taking that. I like that. I like that bet from a spread perspective. But I agree with you. You know what the Patriots are going to give you? They're they're going to be tough. They're going to go in there. They're going to play tough defense. They're going to be tough-minded. And they're not just going to... They're not going to get walked on. Like 
the Denver Broncos go out there and give up 70 points to the Dolphins? Like, you know, like the Patriots aren't going to do that kind of crap. Like, the, so let me get this straight, Jordy. The Patriots hold the Dolphins to 24 and the Broncos give up 70. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's coaching. I'm sorry. That's coaching. That's mindset. That's that's what you know the Patriots are going to bring. They're not going to go in there and get blown out. I tell my buddy, we could, my buddy, Big Man. That's what we call him, his nickname, Big Man. Big Man. They're not going to get blown out this week. Don't worry. <laughs> I got to make you listen now. I'm going to make you listen to this episode. Yeah, they're, they're not going to get blown out. They're going to go in there. It's going to be... It's going to be a game. Dallas is really talented. Dallas is also kind of soft, Jordy, right? And Cowboys fans are used to that team letting them down, right? The, the Cowboys, I mean, it's not like this This loss to Arizona was the most surprising thing ever, right? I mean, maybe to some survivor pool players it was, but come on. Uh, it was, that's Dallas, man. That's that's their MO, especially at home, man. They will have, they'll have some clunkers. Sometimes in front of their home crowd, they can, uh, they can go out there and lay a stinker. So we'll see, man. I, I think it's going to be a fun battle. I'm, I think we're kind of aligned, right? We like the Patriots with the points in this one. Definitely, yeah. I like the Patriots with the points, Ryan. And but man, I can't, I can't stop laughing about the Broncos. Like you, <laughs> you bring, you're bringing that up. That's that's probably one of the funniest things that happened all weekend. And I'm I'm over here thinking of Nathaniel Hackett over here losing to the Patriots at home with Zach Wilson under center. And you know that that might have been a day where he would have been happy watching. The freaking Denver Broncos get railroaded there. I mean, dude, it looked like it looked like the little Giants versus the little Cowboys. You remember that movie? Yeah. Except, except for the Broncos, they didn't have Icebox come out in the second half to save the game for them. I mean, it was like, dude, it was like Oprah Winfrey out there just handing out touchdowns. You get a touchdown. You get a touchdown. Y'all get touchdowns. What an embarrassment! What a what a hilarious game, though. But to see them do that to the Broncos, see the to see the Dolphins do that, and like you said, look back on and seeing how the Patriots played that Dolphins offense. I mean, it's there's your hope right there, my friend. There's your hope. There it is. Yeah, it, it could be a lot worse. I mean, I know the Patriots are they're they're far from the product that we're hoping they're going to become this year, right? They they definitely have issues. We don't know if they'll ever get there on offense. We don't know if the personnel is going to allow them to. Um, we'll find out. But come on, it could be worse. Like, you, you look at the week four slate, Jordy, Denver versus Chicago. <laughs> it's like you got two dumpsters on fire playing each other in one game, right? Like, that is just, that is just like a treat right there. Wow. What a game. Denver versus Chicago. Holy crap. It could be a lot worse. The Patriots are, they're going to come in. They're going to be tough. They're going to play. They're going to have a good game plan. They're going to go after the Cowboys. It'll, it'll be a fun one. I think it could be ugly. I wanted to go and say, let's hammer the under in this. The, the total is at 43. So, the yeah. odds makers have it low. They they are kind of expecting it. Dallas is excellent on defense. The Patriots struggle on offense. The Patriots are excellent on defense. Like you can see this one being a, a struggle, low scoring game, coming down to turnovers and all that crap. So that's what I'm expecting, man. I, I don't think the Patriots are going to get run out. Um, we'll see. But if they get blown out, then then that'll be that'll be a conversation for next week. But I think I think it's going to be a game, man. Okay. So there it is. What what you guys working on for Patriots wire leading off up to kickoff, Jordy? Yeah, we'll be talking about that game coming up. We're still we're still kind of finishing up some Jets coverage talk. You know, I'm gonna I'll be talking in on that 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 Sauce Gardner that that helmet swipe there that kind of okay. went under, under the radar there. So you know that'll that'll be interesting conversation. But obviously, man, we'll just we'll be doing we'll be doing a lot of Cowboys talk heading into this week. You know, very pivotal game here for the Patriots. Kind of a kind of a need to have it because if you lose this game, you go back home and you got the Saints coming to town. Obviously, you know you don't. We don't know if Derek Carr will be back for that game or not. Kind of taking a week to week with him with that shoulder injury, but that defense for New Orleans is very scary as well. 
this is a, a a tough schedule for the Patriots, man. You can't can't afford too many more big losses here. Are you kind of put yourself out of the playoff hunt early in the season? Yeah, it's been a tough stretch. Jets, Cowboys, Saints. Those are three of the top defenses of football. And <laughs> they are. So uh it's yeah, that's a tough stretch for sure. Are you guys you guys doing one of those behind enemy lines with KD Drummond over there at Cowboys Wire this week? You know what? Yeah, yeah. We're 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 gonna we're gonna try to get that together. I'm gonna have to link up with KD. KD's awesome, by the way. Yeah, so. he is. He is. He's one of the best in the business, man. He's awesome. Yes. Yeah. So hopefully, uh yeah. And so yeah, fans can check out Cowboys Wire too. KD's he does good work too. He's He's one worth checking out. But, uh, you know, of course, Patriots Wire got you covered all the way till kickoff. And then Jordy and I will we'll be back next week to break it down. Cowboys, Cow- uh, Cowboys, Pats, looking forward to it. Late window on Sunday. So for Jordy, I'm Ryan O'Leary again. We appreciate you. We'll catch you next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.